welcome to Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here today. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, last week, Pastor Ethan, he began a brand new series called Battle Ready. Battle Ready. And, and the idea is, is that this Christian life, it's not a playground, but it is a battleground. That there really is a war uh, within us. There is an enemy that would like to take us out. There's an enemy that would like to trip you up. There's an enemy that wants to fight against your marriage. There's an enemy that would like to divide you and your kids or your relationships. And Jesus, in fact, says this. He says in John 10, 10, he says, the thief comes to steal to kill, and to destroy. His main objective, Satan's main objective, his three points is this, to steal from you, to kill your joy, and to destroy every part of your life. But I love that Jesus just didn't stop there. Aren't you glad that Jesus just didn't stop there? He said, but I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. See, Satan comes to take, but Jesus comes to add. Jesus comes to make us better. And in order to win the spiritual battle, you can't actually fight this battle with natural means. You have to fight the spiritual battle with the spiritual weapons that God gives us. Because too many times in our lives, we are trying to fight this battle in our own strength. But it's in our weaknesses that God's strength is made perfect. And so I want to continue this series, and I want to talk to you today about the belt of truth. The belt of truth. In Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. What's his schemes? to kill, to steal, and to destroy. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. There was this, this article, this story that I read a couple of weeks ago, and it was about this lady who was feeling depressed about her life. She was just kind of not happy with the way her life was going. And so she went to one of the AI softwares, and she asked this software, could you rewrite me a specific Bible verse? And within seconds, she had this rewritten Bible verse for her to read. And later on, it was asked, well, how did this make you feel? And she said that she knew that the scripture was fake, but it still gave her comfort. You see, I'm afraid that we live in a world today where people, they want to, they want to make up their own truth to fit their own lifestyle. That, that you can live your truth and, and you can live your truth, but I'm going to live by my own truth. But the only problem is, is what if your truth really isn't truth? Right? Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, 
but its end is the way of death. Listen, if Google is the only place that you go for, for truth, we're in trouble, right? If AI software is starting to rewrite scripture and rewrite what is truth, then Google is not that far behind. Google probably has that ability already. So when you start to Google, what does the Bible say about XYZ? You better make sure that XYZ really is the truth. That's why I really believe that you've got to have a physical Bible. I'll preach this till the day I die. I said this actually a few months ago from the platform, that there is a day coming that we will begin to get on the internet and it will have fake scripture. And then I was like, whoa, it actually really happened. And so I'm not a prophet, don't worry. But I was like, man, this is crazy. You, You need a physical Bible. If you don't have one, we would love to get one into your hands. Why? Because, well, we know that everything on Facebook is true right? We know, well, if they put it on Facebook, it must be true. No, to make it as a believer, you and I are going to need to wrap the belt of truth around our waist. Have you ever bought anything from Ikea? Now they got some cool stuff. It looks, looks modern, looks fresh, but it comes, it comes with like 120 parts and about 4,000 screws, right? And so when you open the box, there's really, there's two types of people that begin to put stuff together. One is the person who is like, I'm going to look at the instructions. I'm gonna make sure all the parts are there. I'm gonna make sure that I go step by step and I'm gonna make sure that I make sure I don't skip a step. And I wanna make sure that everything is accounted for. There's those people And then there's also the other people that just open the box and you're just like, oh, I can put this together. And we just start putting it together, right? Now, I am not the most handiest of people. I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but at the same time, I can look at instructions and I can get all the way to the end and still mess up. Like I did my best, but I still messed up. Well, how many of us are just going through our life and we're not looking or reading the instructions that God has for us, that we're just trying to put the pieces or to the puzzle of our lives together and, and we mess up over here and we have to go back and fix this over here. How many know that there is an instruction manual for our lives and it is the word, it is the word of truth. It's a roadmap giving us the instructions that we need for our lives, how to raise our kids, how, 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 to, how to operate in a marriage, how, how to treat people with love and respect and dignity. The Bible says in Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and it is a light into my path. His word of truth, it will, it will show you your next steps. It will, it will light up the path that God has for you. And so I want to I set up Ephesians 6 for you and let you know the kind of the, the background, the, the history here. You see, Paul is, is in prison. And while he's, while he's writing this in prison, he, he's writing this to the church of Ephesus. And there, there would be a guard that would be watching over him, making sure he's where he's supposed to be. Some say that he might even have been chained to a Roman guard. And he's able to look at this Roman guard and the, his armor as he was writing about the armor of God. And so, so they, they asked me to, to pose for this picture that I want to show you. I had, 
I just got done taking steroids, and, um, but I'm off them now. Don't worry. But if you look around his waist, there's these, these two thinner strips going across his waist, and that, wa- and that would be the belt of truth. You see, it's a piece of the armor that actually holds the rest of the armor in place. It holds the breastplate there in place and it, it holds it's, it's able to hold his his sword and and the tools or the weapons necessary for battle why is it important that he has the belt of truth on it was because they would hold these soldiers would hold 70 to 80 pounds of armor and of weight and of weapons on them and they would hold these on their body for about 12 to 15 hours each day and so as they're holding the heavy armor if they didn't have this belt of truth on, it wouldn't be able to hold it all in place. It would be loose and it, would, and it wouldn't be able to stabilize them. And so this belt would stabilize their armor. It would strengthen their core, kind of like a workout belt. Those of you that work out, you put a workout belt on. And, and, and you're, why you put a workout belt on? Because it stabilizes you and it strengthens your core to help you lift heavy things. Can I tell you that what God wants you to carry, the potential that he has for you, the destiny that he has on your life, it's too heavy to carry by yourself. That's why you need him to stabilize you by his word and to strengthen you by his spirit. It's not by mind nor by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. We need to wrap this belt of truth around our waist. You see, truth is an objective standard by which reality is measured. An objective standard by which reality is measured. It, it's, it, truth is what stabilizes the believer in every battle. And when the belt of truth gets loosened in our lives or maybe removed from our lives, you end up not being able to use the rest of your armor. You're not ready to use the tools or the weapons that God has given you. The the stability that you had is now not there. And so we put on this belt of truth to prepare for action. So when the enemy shows up, we're ready to fight back with God's truth. Amen? And so in John John chapter 8, Jesus is talking to some Pharisees, and, and he begins to describe Satan here. He says he, which he's talking about Satan, has always hated the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. The devil deals in deception. We see that with Adam and Eve from the very beginning of time. He's always dealt with half-truths and kind of truths, but not really truths. And so they say, well, how do you know when the devil is lying? Well, I would tell you that anytime he is speaking, he is lying. He is the father of lies. And so I want to give you three keys about truth today that I think will help us. And the first one is this, is truth is absolute. Truth is absolute. Absolute can be defined as viewed or existing independently and not in relation to other things, not relative or comparative. This means whether you believe it or not, truth still stands. Now, I love the law of gravity. The law of gravity is a great 
illustration. Because whether you believe it or not, gravity exists, exists, doesn't it? Now, you, you, might, you might remember a song, I Believe I Can Fly. And you can believe that you can fly on your own all you want. But the law of gravity says what goes up must go down, right? And so you can get on the top of any building that you would like. Don't do this, okay? Don't do this. Just a disclaimer, okay? Just want to make sure all of the viewing audience do not do this, okay? And so don't do this. But you could be on top of a building, and if you jump off believing, I'm going to fly. We all know the truth. You're not going to fly. In fact, you're going to meet Jesus a little sooner than expected. Maybe you remember growing up, they taught you in grade school, two plus two is four, right? It does not matter whether you believe it equals anything else or not. You put something different other than four on the answer and it will get marked wrong. So 2 Timothy says this, he says, for the time will come when people will wish that two plus two equals something else. They won't put up with sound doctrine. Or that word doctrine just simply means teaching. They won't, they won't put up with that any longer. We see this in churches all across the world right now. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers and AI software to say what their itching ears want to hear. People keep on trying to move the goalposts, the standard of truth of our lives. Now, I love football. Football's, football's finally in season. Come on, like, let's go Texans. I know Pastor Ethan, he loves the Cowboys. We'll pray for him, okay? He's not here today. We'll pray for him, okay? The Texans, all right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a Texans logo on here for him next time. I don't know. And so maybe right here on this podium. And so, um, but it's football season. Love football. But there's this thing called a goalpost. And this goalpost is only so wide and the crossbar is only so high. And as a field goal kicker, it is your objective to kick the ball and for it to go through the goalpost. If it goes through the goalpost, you're looking for the, the two refs on each side of the goalpost. They give you the whoop, is good or no good, right? If it's no good, it was far left, far right, or it was short. But if it is true that the ball goes through the goalpost, then you get three points, right? Or if you're in fantasy football, you get maybe four or five points. It's a great thing, okay? And so, but it's, a, it's based on whether or not it's true or not, right? I've never seen them in a football game take the goalposts and move them. Ooh, just so that you get your points. Just so that you, the intended target does not move. And we have to stop moving the intended target. Whether we believe truth or not, we've got to make sure that there is a baseline or know that there is a baseline to truth. And it is, it is his word. It is the Bible. It has existed for over, a, over thousands of years. It's been around. It stands on its own. All scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And if you're like me, I think we all would say we want to be prepared 
And we want to be equipped to do every good work that God has for us. But we must first have the belt of truth wrapped around our waist. Second key I want to talk to you about today is that truth can be known. Truth can be known. It's wild because really, to be honest, nobody knows what really is true anymore. I mean, you could be watching one, one, uh, one news station about a certain topic, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's really good. And then you go to the other, another news station, and you start watching that, and they're talking about the same thing, but it's a completely different conversation. And we find ourselves going, what is even true? But in order to know truth, you have to get back to the origin. You have to get back to the beginning. Maybe when you were young, younger, as a kid, we, we played a game from time to time called telephone. Anybody remember the game telephone? Yeah, telephone, you had somebody that would start with a phrase. And on down the line, you would end up just, this person would tell this person the phrase. This person would pass that all the way down to the very end. And what you would find out is that by the end, it had nothing to do with what it really sounded like in the beginning. But we know that God was in the beginning. And if we're going to get close to truth, we've got to get as close to God as possible. Genesis tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Well, in John 1 in the New Testament, it says in the beginning, John said, was the word which was Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So if Jesus was there in the beginning, and we want to know truth, well, the closer we get to the beginning of truth, which is Jesus, the better off you and I will be. And so here's an important scripture here today. In Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors, the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. You want to know God because God is truth. But how do we know what God would say? How do we know what God would look like? How do we know what God would act like? Well, we have, according to this scripture, the exact representation of his being mentioned here, which is Jesus. And Jesus came along and he confirmed this scripture in John 14. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. This may be one of the most exclusive statements, but yet loving and caring that Jesus ever made. I'm the way and the truth and the life. What if he just would have said, you just go your own way. It's going to work out great. You just figure it out. You just do whatever feels good. You just, you just follow your heart. It's going to be awesome. Because this is what we're teaching our world today. I don't know if you agree with this, but it doesn't seem like it's working out very well. But we have the exact 
representation of God that says, if you will follow me, you will always be in truth. And so you want to know how to find truth in your life? We have it. And his name is Jesus. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He's the beginning. And he is the end. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter how we feel. It doesn't matter what culture says. It doesn't matter if it was voted on to make it okay. I'm here to tell you that the truth, the one thing that we live our lives by that can be known is Jesus himself. And if Jesus would do it, then that must be truth. And so there was these these wristbands in the 90s, and they're trying to make a comeback now, but they would have these letters on them. It it was like WWJD. Some of you are like, that's a weird website, but it's not a website. It would stand for what would Jesus do? I, I just wonder if we should start asking ourselves that question a little bit sooner than, than, than rather than later. Maybe when we're at the office and we're ready to lay into a coworker, maybe we should ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? Maybe as we're driving down I-10, maybe we should ask ourselves, what would Jesus do, right? Maybe in our marriage, maybe we should ask ourselves before we get into a major argument, what would Jesus do when your kids are driving you absolutely crazy. Maybe we should ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? I know some of y'all are like, well, I ain't Jesus, so I ain't worried about that right now. (laughs) But I think if we would ask that question and stop, and we would start living his way and not our way, we would realize that our our objective of truth is him and his truth will stand in our lives. And this third key is that The truth hurts, but it also helps. I felt like this point would really hurt if I just left it there. But it doesn't just hurt, it helps. There's this phrase that I don't like saying, but I'll say it from time to time, and maybe you've said it too. It's this phrase, can I be honest? (laughs) Can I be honest? right? Have you ever said that phrase before? We, we start a conversation. Can I be honest? Do you know what that's code for? This is going to hurt. That's code for, I don't really care what you think or feel in this moment. I just want to get something off my chest. I want to tell you something, right? And so it, it, it's, especially as a pastor, it's like the worst phrase you could ever hear if somebody start off with, can I just be honest? And, and, and like, like there's moments where you, you speak and you're like, man, I did okay. And then there's other moments you feel like you crushed it. It's in those moments that you feel like you crushed it and you walk off the platform. Somebody finds you like three minutes later and they're like, can I just be honest with you? And on the inside, you're, or on the outside, you're smiling. And you're like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> on the inside, you're like, man, I will mess you up, right? Like, not me, not me. I just, I, I. I just know, I know people, I know people on our staff. I'm just saying, (laughs) right? But we all have these people in our lives that maybe they're a leader or they're a mentor and they really do need to speak into our lives. And there are moments that 
that we need the truth told to us in love. And, and as the truth is spoken to us, it may hurt. It may sting for a, for a moment, but ultimately it's there so it helps us. And one thing I love about this church, one thing I love about the leadership is that they don't and we won't shy away from the truth. And, and in fact, there's kind of two reactions here with truth and, because we're going to speak truth every weekend to you. And whether it's in a, in a meeting during the week or it's here on the weekend, there's, there's two types of reactions. One is like you're cheering on the truth. You're like, let's go. Let's go, Pastor Welby. That's so good. Keep on preaching. That's right. You know, and you're just in it. You're like, woo, like at a football game. You're like, let's go. And then there's other times you're like, oh, that hurts. I don't like that. We say the phrase sometimes, I feel like you're stepping on my toes, right? But ultimately the goal for truth is that it will help us. John 8, 32 says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's why we're doing Kairos this next weekend because we want to see people walk in freedom. There's no need to live your whole life bound by the things of your past, but for you to be able to walk it out and to live the rest of your life in the freedom that God has for you because it's God's truth, not man's ideas that set people free. Amen. It's his truth. It's his word. So don't run from truth, but embrace it. Wrap it around your waist. Don't change God's word to try to match your lifestyle, but change your lifestyle to match God's word. Amen. His word, it'll help you have a better marriage. It'll help you walk in generosity. It will help you defeat the sin in your life, and it will help you walk in the truth that God has. There's a story about a, a girl named Julie, and she had gone off to college her, her freshman year. And it had been a couple of months since she had really talked to her parents some, and, and so she decided to write this letter to her mom and dad, and it reads this. It says, Dear Mom and Dad, I just thought I'd drop you a note to let you know what's going on with me. I've fallen in love with a guy named Blade. He's a real neat guy, but he quit high school a few years ago to get married. That didn't work out, so he got a divorce last year. We've been going out for several weeks now, and we're thinking about getting married in the fall. Until then, I've decided to move into his apartment. I think I might be pregnant. Oh yeah, I dropped out of school last week so that I could get a job to help support Blade. I'm hoping I'll be able to finish college after we get married. Mom and dad, I just want you to know that everything I've written so far in this letter is a lie. None of it is true. But it is true that I got a C in French and a D in math. And it's also truth that I need some more money. Could you please transfer me $100? Come on. How many of you are thankful for the truth, right? Come on. Come on. I'm thankful for the truth this morning. Come on, why don't you stand up with us today? It is the truth that will set us free. Come on, it's the truth that he'll never leave you, nor will he forsake you. It's not, it's not man's idea, it's God's idea. It, the truth is today that God sent Jesus from heaven to earth to live a life 
then overcome so that you wouldn't have to live it on your own. That he would live a perfect life, a sinless life, and he would die on a cross and shed his blood for you and for me that would forgive you of all of your sin. That you don't have to come into this place dressed up a certain kind of way. It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter what your past is. Jesus said, just come to me. Just come to me. It'll be all right. Jesus will clean you up. Jesus will take care of the rest. You don't have to do it on your own. In fact, you're not alone. Jesus is here. Oh, I'm thankful for truth. Come on, we find ourselves in truth today. Maybe you're here and you say, I need Jesus. I need him to be my Lord and my Savior. I've been living my own truth for too long. The truth is, it's okay. Today can be a new day. Today can set your path in a way that you've never been before. And he will lead you and he will guide you and he will do things in your life that you couldn't do for yourself. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and to close your eyes for a moment. You're here in this place and you'd say, Pastor Welby, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want him to be my Lord and my Savior. I want him to be the standard of truth in my life from this point moving forward. If that's you, you say, that's me. Would you raise your hand? Would you say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Yeah. Come on, I'll see your hands. Come on, just lift your hand and put it down. Come on, I'll see your hands all across this place. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I see you. Come on, God sees you. Come on, it's the best decision that you could ever make to find yourself wrapping the belt of truth around your waist today. Jesus, we thank you. Come on, all across this place, would you say this prayer with me? Whether you raised your hand or, or you didn't, let's say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I believe in you, Jesus. Forgive me my sins and make me like you. Thank you for dying for me. I wrap the belt of truth around my waist and around my heart. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together, church. That's the best decision. Come on, it's the best decision anybody could ever make today. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward. And in this moment, we're getting ready to pray. If you need prayer today, we want to invite you down. We have a prayer team that, that is excited and, and, and eager to pray for you. If you've got a need, whether it has something to do with truth or it has something to do with just anything that you've got going on in your life, we want to pray with you. We want to believe with you. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is also. And so we are gathered today believing that God wants to move on your behalf. And so as I'm going to pray one more time, and then we're going to worship. And if you need prayer, I'm going to invite you to begin to come down now for prayer. So God, we love you. We thank you for the work that you've done. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. And God, today we wrap the belt of truth around our waist. God, we declare that you are good, that you are our Savior. And God, that we are in need of you. God, I pray today that you would be with your people. God, I pray that as we go this week, Lord, we would walk in your truth. We would speak your truth. And God, that your truth would be downloaded into our hearts, into our spirits by your word. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' mighty name, everybody say, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us today. 
If you live in the Houston area or are in town for a visit, we would like to invite you to join us for a service. For service times and location, or more information about Gateway Church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Have a blessed week.